0: Good morning and welcome to this week's public affairs program. I'm Amy Adams. This week, Brad Morton of Morton Solar speaks on tax incentives for solar projects.
1: About eight years ago, my friend Pete Sabella, sitting back there, who at the time was part of the Evansville Small Business Development Center, and I was part of the SCORE group, Pete introduced me to one of his clients, Brad Morton owner of Martin Solar. Pete thought that perhaps my background as an electrical contractor would give Brad and me something to talk about. I have consulted now with Brad for over seven, eight years and now serve on his advisory board. Brad graduated from the University of Southern Indiana with a degree in electrical engineering and became an automation engineer working for Caterpillar Mining Truck Division in Decatur, Illinois. He left there to form his own electrical contracting business and noting that gas prices and climate change had businesses focusing on renewable energy, he shifted his business to solar energy. He has truly been a leader in that activity, even receiving recognition from Senator Luger when Senator awarded Martin Solar with his Luger Energy Patriot Award. Brad made several trips to Indianapolis in 2011 to help fight for better state laws and policies for the solar industry and was instrumental in getting the state net metering law expanded. Under Brad's leadership, Martin Solar has completed solar projects ranging from residential to hospitals to airports to banks to churches and utilities with costs ranging from low thousands to over a million. Brad has been a real pioneer for solar energy. I know of no one in this business that he knows the business better than him. I'm sure you'll find his presentation interesting and informative. It's my pleasure now to introduce my friend, Brad Morton.
0: So today I'm here, uh, proud to be here, to talk about the new uh, tax credits that are available for specifically for energy communities. Uh, And we happen to be right in the heart of the Illinois Coal Basin. And that is a big part of what the energy community tax credit is about. And um, I personally uh, come from uh, coal mining communities of Oakland City and I spent my early parts of my years in uh, Oakland City and Spurgeon, Indiana uh, So I'm very very familiar my my uh, family members were coal miners um, that supported financially my early uh, part of my life, so um, I'm intimately familiar with what coal mining the the good things and the economic benefits that it has done to our area. Um, I do want to say that, um, let's see here. As Jack said, I worked for Caterpillar. Uh, This picture was taken 20 years ago. This was the beginning of Morton Solar right here. And I loved working there. I enjoyed, that was the 797 mining truck. At that time, it was the biggest mining truck in the world. And I uh, happened to program machinery that would test the rear end of it and um, flush the uh, hydraulic fluid through the braking system and the bearings and I could program my machines I could program um, how many tons the the truck would and simulate the tonnage of the trucks and um, test the brakes for the first time so I loved working there and It was not a reason of the reason for solar that was in my head was that I thought solar would be the easiest thing in the world to do I thought that every person once they understand it see it would want it and that was a miscalculation that I made 20 years ago but here I am today I'm still standing and I'm getting ready to tell you about it but but yeah I loved I loved Caterpillar. I loved working around the, those trucks. Um, it was very interesting, and I made enough money to keep me going in solar, doing that, um, and um, for ten years probably. But um, so here we are today, and we have uh, an opportunity to um, to. To invest in solar for businesses. Um, and the, the 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 recently passed Inflationary Reduction Act, it increased the tax credits uh, for base. The base tax credit went up to 30% for businesses. Um, there's also what's called adders, and the adders account to a ten percent adder if you're located in an energy community designated area. And I'll show you that here in a minute. Um, There's also a 10% for a low-income designated area, and then there's a map for that. Um, There's also a 10% for domestically uh, manufactured products, and that one is probably going to come out in 2024 uh, when the manufacturers get caught up with the requirements for that. The other big thing about the, the tax credits are the... Is called direct payment, and this is something that we're really excited about. In that, churches and nonprofits can get a direct payment now for installing a solar energy system, and that would you know that would include uh, government buildings, fire stations, police stations, uh, so on and so forth. Um, so, primarily churches, government entities, schools They're going to be eligible to apply for and get this uh, direct payment. Um, For more information, you can go to the energy.gov website. We send a lot of people to this website, and um, there's a lot of table and and analytical data on there that you can read about to see if your facility or entity is eligible. Okay, so what is an energy community? Def, as defined by, by Energy.gov, it's a brownfield site, as defined, comprehensive environmental response, uh, Compensation and Liability Act of 1980, an area which has, or at any time during the period beginning after December 31st 1999, had significant employment related to the extraction, processing, transportation or storage of coal, oil or natural gas, as determined by the secretary. And the third definition is a census tract in which after December 31st, 1999, a coal mine has closed, or after December 31st, a coal fired electric generating unit has been retired, or which is directly adjoining to any census tract described in subclause. Okay. So, what is an energy community? It's Evansville, Indiana. We're right in the heart of the Illinois Coal Basin. We are right in the center of it. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, and there, the maps are available now on the energy.gov website. Um, as you can see, um, there we are right there in the center of the uh, priority region from the US Department of Energy. Um, So obviously we are we are in very uh opportunistic zone here. So the energy community tax bonus um in this in this map it shows that the darker area is ranking based off relative percentage of coal employees. And so If you're outside of the the Evansville metropolitan area, you can almost count on that you're gonna be in that zone. If you are inside the Evansville metropolitan area, you're still probably gonna be eligible based upon the uh, metropolitan statistical area, which means that uh, non-MS, MSAs that meet fossil fuel employment threshold of 0.17%. So at this point right now, almost our entire region is going to be eligible for the the coal community adder, 10%. So we also have the low-income map, uh, the low-income adder of another 10%. So what is the low-income bonus? It's available to projects using the ITC, which stands for Investment Tax Credit, and is subject to a 1.8 gigawatt DC program cap per year So it's not unlimited, it's a limited program. Uh, This bonus provides projects that are under five megawatts AC, uh, an additional 10% for being located in a low-income community as defined by the new markets, tax credit, or an Indian law, land, or an additional 20% ITC for being classified as a qualified low-income residential building project or qualified low-income economic benefit project. To qualify for the credit, the financial benefits of the solar facility must be allocated between the residents. The 1.8 gigawatt program cap will be allocated to projects by the IRS, which can carry over any unused annual allocation for three years. Projects must be completed within four years after receipt of the allocation. For more information, visit the Treasury's website. So this is the low income map for Evansville. Um, pretty much the the zone that's in the light, in the collared area is qualified. The areas outside in the rural areas are not qualified. How to claim the IRA direct pay rebate. The guidance is being released very soon. This, this is the uh, direct payment for the government entities, the churches, um, and there is a lot of activity right now with the treasury creating these these uh the the, the uh, application process um an application will need to be submitted and right now it's form 3468 will need to be filed with the department of treasury so i'm i'm willing to take questions if anybody has any questions about the tax credits or mm-hmm. so the um the nonprofits and faith-based entities can get can apply for the direct payment, but businesses that that do pay uh, taxes they they can uh, they can file for the tax credits on their tax returns at the end of the year. So yes, both uh, businesses and nonprofits are eligible for these. Residential. This is not for residential. Residential gets a thirty percent federal, and that's it.
1: Brenda. Uh- my name is Gene Warren. Uh-huh. I, um, I have a farm ground over in Anderson County. Yes. And I'm dealing with a company now negotiating to install solar uh, solar on our farm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comments or suggestions for that use for a property owner, as uh, maybe some of the rest of us in the crowd may be?
0: So that's that is... A different scenario than what these tax credits apply for the owners of your um, equipment will be able to apply and gain these tax credits but the leasing if you're just leasing land for solar farms these tax credits do not apply for those it's a different it's a different economic situation than having your own solar system on your own meter that's mostly what Morton solar does we we install solar energy systems on uh, behind the meter it's called behind the meter And that, that actually you are generating your own power for your own consumption at a less rate than what you could buy the power from the utility company at so these systems are capable of running your meter backwards but when you're just leasing your land to a utility company that's kind of what you you're just bound by that lease the terms of that lease and so generally that utility
1: company will will get those tax credits uh, so if I, if I understand correctly the the 30 percent which is the base amount that applies to residential uh, as well that the two ten 10 percent bump apply to businesses or not for profits the question I have on that and you mentioned that with a tax credit so how, how would an, an LLC or an S Corp that, that has passed through taxation would they benefit from the extra 2-10% bumps or not
0: yes it does get passed through I believe it's the K1 that that, that it, would be, it would be carried through your K1 maybe a little off topic
1: but for um churches and others who are in the historic district Mm -hmm. what kind of challenges do they face in uh, switching
0: to solar well um we have gotten a few projects uh, approved in historic districts and the um The stipulation is the solar panels kind of have to be hidden on the roof and not visible from the street and we were able to do that on i think at least two homes uh down in evansville's historic district and so churches with flat roofs you can it's it's possible if if the the roof is not um you know if if it's a pitched roof or something to that effect then it could be more of a problem but I don't know how the historic district rules apply to churches, though. I
1: I don't know. Uh Yes, on a more technical uh, area, we have a lot of uh, large, fairly large solar installations around the city. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the average annual energy output, like per square foot or per square meter or something like that? You know, in other words, how can you... Can you tell how much power you're going to get when you're making a decision about whether to install or not?
0: Yes. Um, Solar production, when you look at the whole year, you got to look at a whole yearly uh, average of sunlight. And sunlight is very consistent when you look at the whole year. So we can tell a customer almost exactly what they're going to get on a year. Now, no, we can't tell them you're going to get exactly 1,000 kilowatt hours in July, because July's vary, but when you look at the whole year, the average, sunlight averages out very consistently. A 10,000 watt system produces 13,000 kilowatt hours a year in our climate. So like what that means is uh, 10,000 watts of solar panels is about 30 solar panels, and uh, about 500 to 600 square foot.
2: Can you translate that to home usage in like 100 amps, 200 amps, like a typical service for a home?
0: Yes. Um, we when you're talking about solar energy, you're talking about kilowatt hours. You don't talk about really the amperages and it's kind of irrelevant because you're still connected to the grid. So we don't take we don't take customers off the grid. We do not unplug a power line from your home. I people ask me we don't we say no we don't do that because there's no reason to do it um we can we now have the tesla power wall the battery which gives you a button on your phone where you can disconnect from the grid with a button on your phone and but it it's no real you can do that at your at your convenience at your choice now um if a storm is coming through and you do want to be isolated so that you don't uh, get hit by lightning. You can hit the button on your phone, so it's it's that simple now. But when you are trying to live off the grid in the winter time, 100% of the time, it's challenging in December and January. And we have we do have uh, we've known some people that's tried it, including your uncle, right, father-in-law, yeah, uh, father-in-law. Um, and it can be challenging in, in the middle of the January in southern Indiana when you have two weeks of cloudy weather and your batteries are low and, um, you know, you're going to be running on generator. So um, so the kilowatt hour is a commodity that we – everything revolves around the kilowatt hour, though, with solar. And uh, that's that's the commodity that it makes for you.
1: So uh, sort of a follow-up question to those with, mm-hmm. g- given the number of uh, sunlight days we have here in Evansville, given the, the uh, prices that Centerpoint charges and given the s- types of systems you install, mm-hmm. what would you, what is the average time to sort of pay back on, on a system as far as recouping your cost and energy savings?
0: Okay. So let's say you buy a $30,000 solar energy system for your home. You get the, the 30% federal tax credit of $8,000, so you're down to $22,000 out of pocket. You're getting $15,000 of hardware of solar panels that, we, that, that you own, it's a commodity. So really you're gaining a system, you're gaining assets right on the first day. So then you, you have to take that into consideration too. But if you don't take that into consideration, we say 10 years is what the, the generated power will pay for the entire thing. And that's what normal, most people make, are making that calculation continuously. They're trying to figure out how much, how many years is this gonna pay for my initial investment? And generally, it's, about, it's roughly 10 years.
1: To kind of piggyback off that question, mm-hmm. how long are the, the solar panels, uh, panels projected to last,
2: and then what other incentives are available for uh, government or municipalities to
0: adopt solar on some of their new projects? Okay. Um, solar panels have a, okay, the tier one solar panels that a, that a reputable contractor would install would have a 25-year warranty, production warranty. So. Solar panels, uh, you know, when you read the warranty, they're projected to, in 25 years, produce 85% of what they did when they were new. That's most of 80 to 85%. So they don't just uh, stop working at a certain date, they just kind of gradually slow down about a half a percent per year. And they could still be working in 30 years or 35 years, um, but we do have systems out there that are that are uh, 17 years old now and uh, they're still still working and still producing and and those customers that own them are getting free power they're getting free electricity now and we get we have a lot of customers out there now that are getting free electricity as far as government entities um, the government entities here in Evan, if you're in the Evansville coal community energy community Um, and you are also in a low-income community, you could get the 50% direct pay uh, rebate. Walk us through the
2: process. I decide I want to do this with my home. Sort of the, how does the process work? I mean, how invasive is this when you're talking about an existing home in terms of getting everything
0: installed and connected to the meter and actually up and running? Okay, Um, well, it all starts with the quote. And we do use satellite imagery. We don't come to your house to quote. We do it all from our office. We look at satellite imagery. We design your system from there. We have software and we, we lay out, we look at shading. Shading, avoiding shading is, is probably the most important thing. Some homes are not sh- suitable for solar because they have too, many, too much shade. So that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Um, so that's the first thing we do is we qualify your home to make sure you have enough roof space or you have a pole barn or a garage area roof. That's the very first thing. And then once we get you your system designed, then we can give you a quote. And once you accept the quote, then we do further, uh, we sign a contract, we do uh, a full engineering package at that point that will then be submitted to CenterPoint Energy and we have to submit an application to any utility company to get you approved to send power back to the grid. So it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal to get you approved to be connected to that grid and send you're sending power back to your neighbor, to your neighbor's house at that point. About 2 to 3 months to get a project from start to finish. Roughly 2 to 3 months.
2: Follow-up question on that Mm -hmm. before I hand it over here. Mm -hmm. Um, Say Mark Schweiker tells me that my roof only has like five years left. How often do you guys find yourself in like roof analysis for a client and saying before we install this 30-year investment at least on on your roof, you need a new roof? How often does that come up?
0: It comes up quite a bit. It comes up with, with almost every job. That's something the customer is unless the house is brand new. You know, if, if that's always something that is in the back of a customer's mind, is how is my roof going to be lasting? How much, how many more years before? So it is a concern, um, but we do sometimes go and remove solar panels so that the house can be re roofed and put them back on. And that, that's something that, that occurs.
2: You mentioned um, sending power back to the grid. I know mm-hmm. that different bills have been introduced yes. uh, about that. And how is that affecting your recoup costs for that you're
0: projecting for different people? and Or is that part of your calculation? Yes, absolutely. And uh, that's a good question because, you know, for, for the last 10 years, uh, we've had a great net metering law in here in Indiana. And which allowed you what the net metering do, did was it allowed you to send your power back to the grid at retail rate and that really was a good deal with CenterPoint because their rates are pretty high so and it allowed what it really allowed you to do is overproduce in the summertime and and save your credits from the summer and you consume those credits in the winter and traditionally that's how we've designed most systems to be is on net zero uh net metering now we basically can you're getting when your power goes back to the grid you you get nine cents now it was three cents about a year ago now it's up to nine cents which we're happy with that but um it um you can you can do a few things to the bottom line is you're still going to get what you produce and consume instantly you are you always going to get that a retail rate so if you are consuming your solar power when it's being produced it's still lowering your bill a lot and so we can that's kind of how we've shifted our design principles to accommodate what we have now which is it's called EDG and uh, you know but with nine cents solar is still a good investment you know it's still it's still a good investment
2: brad in regards to a project talking about the investment of a roof uh, or a structure Mm -hmm. for for those considering a project how would you address worry with uh, insulation uh, the system damaging a roof or i'm sure that's that's addressed in the contractor upfront discussions but how would you address that
0: well uh, the we are confident that our products don't damage the roof and cause leaks because the products are so good that, um, you know, they're just designed to be, to hold the solar panels up there. Um, It's kind of like, you know, um, putting a plumbing vent through a roof. You know, you see plumbing vents everywhere. Do they leak? Most of the time, no. Occasionally, yeah, when the boot messes up and it gets old or something, you can have a leak. But that's kind of how we look at it. We're just plumbers putting plumbing stacks through roofs and we do it all the time and we rarely 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 have leaks so for us it's not it for me as a business owner it's not a huge it's not a huge uh, concern as a solar business owner Um, it's it's probably down on the eighth or ninth uh, chart I'm more worried about uh, wind wind blowing solar panels off I'm worried about my guys getting injured up there Risking their lives on people's rooftops every single day, um, I'm worried about safety for my my team. And but but you know uh, we don't get many leaks. We just don't. Um, we've had a few. We've had a few, and but it's not a very high percentage. Thank you, Brad. This is great information. Um, how do you feel personally about the power walls? Do you
1: think they're a good investment, or that's just kind of novelty?
0: I think it's, I think they're revolutionary. I think it's a wonderful product. Um, the cost is coming down on them. Tesla just lowered the price by thousand dollars per power wall, um, and. For that little blue button that I was telling you about to be able to go off the grid it's empowering and as soon as my customers see it it's like they know they made the right choice it allows you also to you can actually control how much power you can stop your meter from spinning with a touch of a button by throttling your power wall so we call it outsmarting your smart meter so they are truly empowering they give customers peace of mind, um, it, they are kind of like an insurance policy, um, and we are just super excited about the future of energy now with these this product.
2: I'm headed over here to John Bassemeyer before I get there. Um, can you tell us, uh, is there any reality to the uh, fancy looking solar? glass shingles that at one point Tesla was talking about. I don't feel like I've seen any of them be installed. Is that an actual thing or just a dream thing? The the solar shingles that look cool and they're actually they don't look like panels at all. They look like slate or something.
0: Right now, to be honest with you, and this is my opinion, I think they're kind of a dream. I believe that the cost to get the cost down to where they can compete with rectangles, which uh, solar panels are rectangles and those are where the price per watt because you can mass produce those in, in automated factories so like you can produce a flat screen TV but the shingles um, and I may be miscalculating what Tesla, what Elon Musk and what they, their capabilities are but I, I don't see though the cost of the shingles getting on par with Rectangled uh, shaped solar panels. I just don't.
1: Thank you, Philip. That was exactly the question I was going to ask. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, you're lying. You're lying, John. Are you serious? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, ask another one. <laughs> you want me to give you one to ask? Can you tell me a little bit about the Benefit Corporation? You, was that your next question, too? Because I was going to ask him about that. I see it looks like you're a Certified Benefit yes. Corporation. How long have you uh, been that and, and kind of tell us a little bit about that.
0: Okay, um, so we became an Amicus Solar Cooperative member slash owner four years ago. We a- applied to this group and uh, you got to go through a process to get qualified and we got accepted. and um, So this group we collaborate and I get to learn from other solar companies across the United States and I had learned about becoming a what a certified B Corporation was and what got me To apply and go through the process and it's a quite a process to get approved uh, To become a certified B Corp. Was that the tagline was use your force uh, business as a force for good and that's what I felt like we started Morton Solar to do in the first place, from the very beginning, was we wanted our company to be a force for good, and that was the reason right there was that that one little uh, uh, tagline. And uh, but you know it it we have had to we have had to fight for for better laws and better uh, uh, policies here. It's it's been um, Quite a, quite a journey.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Let's give Brad a round of applause, guys.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's public affairs program. From all of us from Midwest Communications in Evansville, Indiana, have a great week.